Let's go ahead and bow your heads. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do praise you and we worship you, Father, and we thank you for your presence here today. And Father, right now I just pray, Father, that this is all about you. It's all about your Son and it's all about your Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray, Father, that I can convey your words and your ideas and your spiritual truths to this congregation. I pray that their hearts will be open, their minds will be open for the things that you have for them. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, last week we talked about the power of hope. I'll repeat that. We talked about the power of hope. And the reason uh, we talked about the power of hope is because when we become children of God, things inside of us should change. And not only does things inside of us should change, but also things outside of us should change also. All right? It's very important because, and, and you need to know this, and, and I'm, sure, I'm sure you have been told this before, and if you haven't, uh, I apologize. I've been here for several months now. But after you receive Christ as, you, as your Lord and Savior, you should change the way you think, you should change the way you act. You should change the places you go. You should change the way you treat your spouse. You should change the way you act at work. You should change how you talk. All of those things should change. Now, let me tell you, let me just give you, I've learned a lot of this from, uh, from the school of experience. Me and Mark Shell went to the same seminary, so, so, there, so there you go. So I learned some of this stuff the same way he did from the school of hard knocks. So, and here's the thing, if you are struggling, changing those things, here's what you need to do. You need to take 10 or 15 minutes when you get out of bed in the morning and read the Word of God. Read the Gospel of John. Just start there. Or if, if that don't work for you, before you go to bed. If nighttime, that's my best time. When, it gets, when the sun goes down, I am ready for action. First thing in the morning, not so much. So anyway, pick your best time of the day. And I assure you, if you'll read, if you'll read Proverbs on a regular basis, you will start talking different. You will start acting different, you'll spend your money different, you will change automatically if you'll just put those things inside of you. Amen. Amen. So last week, real quickly, just to summarize, last week we talked about the power of hope and that sometimes the world influences, infiltrate the church, and sometimes we talk about hope being like it's wishing, okay? Like the world says, I wish I had a new car or I wish I had a new house. I wish I was taller. I wish I was shorter. I wish I weighed more. I wish I weighed less. Whatever the case may be, that's what the world does. But just like things should change inside of us when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, where we put our hope should change also. Hey. All right. 
And the reason that is, is because prior to Christ, you put your hope and trust in your ability. You put your hope and trust in how much, in how much money you had. I hope I can buy a new car. My checkbook, I can buy a new car. So you buy a new car. I wish I could go on vacation. You look at your checkbook. Oh, I can go on vacation. So you go on vacation. So prior to being saved, prior to being born again, we looked at the natural. I wish I could dig a ditch. And you've determined whether you had the physical stamina to dig a ditch or not, right? So prior to being born again, we looked in the natural to see if we could accomplish something. We looked in the natural to see if we could fulfill our wishes, right? I mentioned last week, even maybe even the lottery. You know, we would put our wishes and our hopes in a lottery, hoping that all of these things would line up just right, just with hoping and wishing that we might win the lottery. But not no more. After we become a child of God, God wants our hope to shift. And it should shift from man's viewpoint, from a natural viewpoint, from a, even a physical viewpoint to a spiritual viewpoint. No longer is it about us, but all of a sudden, it's about him. All right? No longer is it about my abilities being able to speak in public, but it's about his ability empowering me to speak in public. No longer is it about your ability to teach a Sunday school class or whatever the case may be. All of a sudden, it's about him empowering you to teach a Sunday school or to sing a song or to pay your tithes or in, on and on and on. And, and that, that's kind of, this is kind of a side note. You know, if, if, if you struggle, and I know a lot of people struggle with paying tithes. I don't know why, just by the grace of God, me and my wife have never struggled with that. And I think the reason was because we knew where our plan in life, mine and her plan, we knew where it got us. And it was not good. And when we found out that God had a better plan for us, we just gave him all of it. Every bit. We just gave it all to him. And that included our finances. And we just started paying tithes when we was young. And, uh, of course, that's kind of a, another story. But let me, let me just add, if you struggle with that, let me tell you what, you what will help you. If you will take and stop putting your hope on your checkbook and start putting your hope on what Christ did on the cross and what the Word of God says, you will go from working and trying to do all this stuff in the natural to all of a sudden, God's doing all this stuff in the supernatural for you. It's true. It's true. Okay, now, let's see. Here's what I need. I need a Goliath. I need a King Saul. And I need a David. Two young men right over there. Or are you and that young man by you. Come right up here. Okay, now I need a Goliath. <laughs> you want to <laughs> There we go. Hey, Dave. Hey, <laughs> there we go. All right. 
All right, you can be the king. Okay, you can be David. Stand, stand right over there and put that on. Here, here you're, 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 you're the king Saul. You know, David, I, I started to say I want the tallest, ugliest guy here. I didn't say it, I just started to say it, okay? All right. Now, Ori, I want you to come. Yeah, about right in there. Will this fit you? Oh, yeah. Sue, you want to come and help him? <laughs> All right. You mean, huh? You think, well, we might have to come. Hey, looky there. Yeah, hey. <laughs> He's got a big head, that won't work. That was your wife said that. I asked Elaine, and I tried and she tried to find a helmet for Goliath because he had a helmet. And this is a helmet that I got. I was like 10 years old. I got that for Christmas. <laughs> Will it just sit on top? Perfect. Perfect. That's what we're, that's what we're going for. Okay, you're the king. Or, yeah, you're, you're the king. All right. All right. Young man, you stand right over here, okay? All right, or you get right over here. Right over, right over here, how about that? Okay, don't fall off the stage, okay? <laughs> All right, now, David and Goliath. Most of you know this story, right? Now, we're talking about my hope is in you. And of course, we're talking about God, right? All right, now, now here's the situation. All right, Goliath was a mighty giant warrior. He's over nine foot tall. He was a mighty warrior of the Philistines. Goliath and the Philistines, they knew nothing about God. They didn't honor God. They didn't respect God. They were completely separated from God. No connection with God whatsoever, all right? And then you have King Saul. He was Israel's first king, and God really didn't want Israel to have a king. Got what God really wanted. He wanted to lead them. God wanted to be their king. But they whined and murmured and wah, wah, wah. They wanted to be like all the other nations. So God says, okay, I'll give you a king. And it was, he was King Saul. Now, here's the thing about Saul. God had moved on him and he had uh, won many battles and killed many of soldiers, and he was a mighty warrior. Uh, hold up your arm, Maury. He was a mighty warrior of God. That's what he was. And the Bible says, uh, well, all, uh, the Bible says that he was head, a head, a head and shoulders above all the other people. And it says that there was no more handsome guy than King Saul. He was like, if, if, if we all voted, that's why he's playing Saul right there. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so so if, we, if we was all gonna vote for a king, 
He was, uh, he was the tallest. He was the strongest. He was uh, the most talented. He was the most handsome. If we won the king for Orchardville Church, King Saul would have been it. All right? They was all about it. God had moved on his behalf. He was a mighty warrior. King Saul knew God. He had a mighty army behind him. He was strong and powerful. All right? And then there's David. It says he was just a, just a ruddy boy, just a young man. He really even hadn't made it to manhood yet. He was just a, a young boy. Now, guess what? He didn't have nothing in the natural. King Saul had an army. He had all this long resume. He was tall. He was handsome. King Saul had it all. All right? But then here's David. You got a fly on you. <laughs> got it. So, but here's David, and he didn't have nothing. He didn't have, he had a stick. Where's your stick? This is what he had. He didn't have nothing. He didn't have an army behind him. He hadn't killed a thousand soldiers. He hadn't went to battle time and time again. He didn't have none of that. But King Saul, he had all of that, okay? So here Goliath is, and he comes out, and he wants to do battle, okay? And you would think all of the times that God had rescued Saul and all the times that God had been with Saul through battle and battle after battle and all the times that God had showed up with Saul and empowered him, you would think that Saul would have pulled one of his swords and fought Goliath. But he didn't. You know why? Because he had a, he don't have, we don't have enough swords here, because, see, he had a sword in his hand, but when he looked at that sword that he had in his hand, he said, that won't kill Goliath. When he, when he looked, had this helmet on his head, he thought, that helmet's not going to protect me from that sword. When he looked how tall he was, he knew that there was no way that he could defeat Goliath. Are you with me? Yeah. He couldn't do it. Even though God had done this for him and God had empowered him and he was tall and he was strong and he's big and he had all this armor, it still, he still knew it was not enough to defeat Goliath, which is, see, for many of you, for all of us, I'll rephrase that, for all of us, this is the world. This is your temptation. It don't matter whether it's you're drinking, whether it's a, you're a teetotaler, or you, you sip on the side, this is your enemy, okay? Whether it's drinking, drugging, whether it's pornography, whether it's anger, Whatever the case may be, that's what this represents, all right? And, and, because, and this is why. Because God is wanting to manifest himself in the children of Israel's lives, right? That's what God's wanting to do. But see, this Philistine, this guy that has no covenant with God, he is wanting to mess up the children of Israel's lives. 
He's wanting to mess them up. He's wanting to slaughter them. He's wanting to turn them into slaves again is really what he's wanting to do, okay? And see, that's what the devil wants to do. The devil wants to turn you guys back into slaves again, no matter what. You can, it could be gambling. You can be, a, you can be a slave to gambling. It's true. You can be a slave to anything. Anything that contrary to the word of God, you can be a slave to. So, so that's what Goliath, he represents. You mean get you a chair? Good, good. I forgot you're a little older than these young guys over here. So. All right, sorry is with me. So, so this represents the world or the devil trying to mess you up, okay? Now you would have thought that King Saul, with all of his battles and all of these things, you would have thought that he could have defeated or at least fought Goliath. He had his sword, he had his helmet, he had his armor, he had all of these things, all these experiences, but when he looked at him in the natural, he said, there's no way I can defeat that guy, right? That's what he said, there's no way. I can't defeat that guy. But here comes David. He didn't have nothing. He had a stick and he had a sling. He, he didn't have anything. But see, here's what we miss a lot of times. See, David didn't look at his stick. That's not what David looked at. David did not look at his sling and say, hmm, I wonder if I can hit that guy in the head. That wasn't, that wasn't what he thought at all. No, that's right. See, what, what David looked at was, hmm, I have a relationship with God. I have a covenant with God. That's what, that's what David looked at. And he thought, hmm, whenever I killed the lion, David thought, that wasn't me. Whenever David killed the bear, David thought, that wasn't me. You know what, you know what Saul thought? He thought, when I killed all them warriors and I defeated all them, that was me. That's what Saul thought. See, some of you, you think you got to where you are just because you're smart. No. No. The reason you got to where you are is because of what happened on the cross. Amen. 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 So all the things that God done for King Saul, Saul thought, I'm pretty good. I can wave a sword and I can ride a horse. I can do all of these things. That's what Saul thought. So then when he came to a place in his life where he needed to do something above and beyond his ability, he couldn't do it. Because all he knew was his ability. Now, let me tell you something else. There will be a day in your life where you will need to do something above and beyond your ability. Each and every one of you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's true. There will be a day when you will need to do something above and beyond your ability. I don't know when it will be. God knows. But when that day comes, you're not, you don't need to look at yourself because if you do, you'll fail. 
But if you'll be like David. See, whenever David, whenever he defeated the bear, he says, man, look how strong God is. When he defeated the lion, he said, man, look how God moved on my behalf. David said, there's no way I could kill a lion. There's no way I could kill a bear except when I put my hope in Christ, when I put my hope in God. Amen, right? Right. So here we have, we've got this, this temptation, this, this Philistine, that, uh, an image of the world that's trying to mess up our Christian's lives, right? And here, this man here, he knew God, but he, he, he knew God. He knew God's power, but he put his hope in the things of the natural, right? Over here, we, had a, we have a young man named David, and he knew God also, but he put his hope in a different place than King Saul did. And that's why the Scripture says, I, David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You got that? All right. You got that? All right. David, you got that? All right. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, I'll give him a... You can take that off later. I think that's permanent. <laughs> Just put it right down there, guys. Amen. Thank you, guys, for helping me. I don't know. You're going to have to go have your mom help you. <laughs> oh, hey, you did it. Good job, buddy. Good job, good job. Can you see that? When we put our hope in what we see, we're making a mistake. You might get by for a while. You might make it good for six months. You might make it good for a year, four years, five years. But there will come a day when your skills, talents, and ability are not enough. And that's when you've got to put your hope in Christ. You've got to put your hope in God's Word. Amen. Amen. And today is the day for a lot of you. I know that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Bow your heads with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, Father, I just pray for revelation, knowledge, Father, across the congregation. I just pray, oh Lord, you'll speak to your people, you'll minister to your people, and you'll convey to them, Father, that all of our hope and all of our strength comes from you. Father, I praise you. I pray for open hearts this morning. Father, I pray for broken lives. I'm just going to pray for a moment. You guys just join in with me. Now, now, if I mention something that touch it, touches your heart, you just agree with that, okay? Heavenly Father, Father, I just pray right now for the bondage of addiction to be broken. Father, I pray for anger to be broken. I pray for strife to be broken. I pray, Father, for marriages to be restored. I pray for the restoration between mom and dads and their children. Father, I pray for strength, supernatural strength, O oh Lord, that comes from you. That when you speak to your children, 
and you ask them to minister to someone, when you ask them to call them, when you ask them to stand up and be a witness for you, Father, I pray that you'll give them that courage and give them the strength to do that. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Father, that all of our hope comes from you. All of our strength comes from you. Father, let us never forget that. And the ones that do not know that, let us learn that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have a need this morning, please come. Please come. We won't be here long. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.